How many times have you beat yourself up thinking that, oh my goodness, I do not spend time with my children? Or maybe you just feel that you're disconnected. You're not knowing enough about them as you would want to as a mother. That is the genesis of the guilt that many mothers feel, especially working mothers. I am Dr. Denis, the mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. And today, I want to talk with you about this idea of spending time with our children and perhaps how we can make it optimized even though we are working, we are probably running a business, or we have other things we're doing in addition to our role as mothers. And as you all know, motherhood is beautiful, but it has its challenges. And once we are able to recognize those beautiful moments, be grateful for them, but also recognize the challenges and prepare for them, then things start to move in harmony. And the result is not having high levels of stress and preventing burnout. And that's something we really would like to achieve. So without further ado, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty because this is such an important thing. So if you're a mother listening to this, or maybe you have children in your life, either as an auntie or an uncle or your grandparent, this will also be relevant to you. But if you also know a mother, please send this to them. Let them get to know what kind of things can be done to turn all that guilty feeling into purposeful energy. So I'm a working mother and I know what it's like. And I've seen both sides of the coin, being at home with your children and also working. And you would recognize with me that many working mothers do not just do the working aspect of their life because they want to stay away from home. They don't do that. They really want to stay at home and have fun with their children, but they, they have the choice that they have made to work because there's a need for income. They, they perhaps some of these mothers are single mothers. So where's the money going to come from to put a roof over the children's head and their head to put food on the table or to pay the bills? So working is the option that comes through. However, in that moment when you're working, you spend time away from the children. Now, if the children are in school, that is a good thing. <laughs> you know why I say it's a good thing? Because most of the time, generally, jobs are, say, nine to five. Okay. Now, that's not all jobs. Some jobs are a lot shorter. Some are longer. Some span quite very um, long rotations, like 12 hours or 18-hour sessions of work. Or sometimes you work on the weekends. So, but generally, the average time where which most people working in corporate is nine to five. Now, we all know that school, depending on the age of your child, could be between nine till three, thereabouts. Some people have the advantage of perhaps having a breakfast club or an after school club. And so they can span the ability of the children to stay in an environment of school or after school in to eight till six. And if you've got very young children, nursery is awesome from 
7.30 sometimes till 6.30. I know that was such a blessing for me. The moment my first child got into primary school, that's when it hit me. My goodness, I need to think about a breakfast club to put her into so that I could get to work. I also needed to think about a after-school club to put her after I um, after she had finished from school but I was still at work. So that is one of the things that we as mothers tend to juggle in our heads. But one very important thing I want us to recognize is no matter how you try to take time off and be with your children, it's not about the quantity of time you spend. It is more about the quality. So that's the one very important point I want us to recognize. Because I have also, in addition to being a working mother, going and then coming home and picking them up and all the rest of that, I've also been a stay-at-home mother. And I know what it was like. I was having them all the time. <laughs> day in, day out, it was lovely. But then I also recognized some challenges. And perhaps in another session, we will be able to kind of explore the different challenges that come with, of course, different aspects of motherhood. But then I found out that when I was looking at the time spent, it wasn't about just being there and they're just there looking at you or they're there pulling your legs or something. It is about the one quality that you're bringing into it. How many of you have ever been in a place where you were so excited to go to? You got there and you were so excited to be there. When it was time to leave, you were really upset that you had to leave? I'm sure there are places like that. Okay. So, and then taking you to the other side, how many of you can think of a place where when you have the thought that you're going to that place, you're filled with a bit of dread, like, oh goodness, do I really have to go there? And when you get there, you are like, oh, not again. And when it's time to leave the place, you're like, woohoo, I can't wait to get out of here. How many of you can think of a place like that? Aha. So think about that first place and then the second place. When it's quantity that we are focused on, it can seem like the second place because some our children are individuals. Even if they look like you, carbon copy, they are not mini you. They are individuals with their own mind, body, soul, spirit. You have yours as well. And they have their preferences. They might say, yes, mommy, I love you. But they also want their space the same way you want your space. So the quantity that you are probably putting into your mind that you have to bring forth for the children might not be what they are looking for. But imagine in a space of 24 hours, you have a quality 30 or minutes or one hour to spend with the children. And you have a plan on how you're going to spend it together. They would appreciate that quality time that you're just giving to them than the times where you're spending the whole day, but you're scrolling on your phone, you're doing one or two things on the side, or you're there with them. That quality time is so important. And you might also find out that, oh, okay, You've told me about this importance of quality time. 
how do I make that quality time count? Now, I have to say, all children are different. My children, they are both different. Even if you've got twins, twins are different. You need to notice what sparks the interest in your children. So what are your children eager about, interested in? You remember the scenario I told you about a place you want to go and you're so excited to go to and you really don't want to leave it. And the other one is where you really don't want to go. Your children have the same thing as well. Take note of where it is. Sometimes it can be a situation where you are just observing. Another situation could be you just asking them directly, what kind of things interest you? And they'll be able to communicate to you. Of course, depending on the age of the child. So these are the kind of things that would help you to know how to make that time that you spend, no matter how small, a quality time. Okay. Now, the second thing, which is so important, and I wish someone had told me sooner. Well, thankfully, I got to know very early in life, but it is one that every mother needs to remember. It's like, put it everywhere. Put it on the fridge. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your dressing mirror. Seriously. This second one is make it fun. You, you need to make it fun. You have to make it fun. It has to be fun. Nobody likes the boring. Even if someone says, I'm just a boring person, I enjoy the boring. When you bring something fun, they will be excited. Their emotions will shift. So bring fun into whatever it is you're doing with your children. And this still comes from the fact that you already notice what your children are interested in or what they like. So when you know this kind of information or have this kind of information, you can utilize it for your benefit. I remember there was a time I decided to take the children to a theme park. Now, in this theme park, there were so many rides. So there were some rides that were uh, you go up uh, vertically and just come down and you're going up and down. And that was very exciting for some people. Now, my kids were not interested in that, so they didn't go. Now, there were other ones that were more like roller coasters, and that was great. And there were some wet rides. Now, there was a particular ride <laughs> that my children said, Mommy, let's go on this ride. Now, this ride was called The Last Airbender. Now, how many of you are Avatar fans? I'm talking about Avatar, the cartoon Avatar or anime Avatar, not the um, green, blue, alien population Avatar. Okay. So, now, I am an Avatar fan as well. I mean, the airbenders. Talk about Airbending, waterbending. Okay, I'm not going to go into all that. Okay, all right then. Shows the geek in me. Okay, so this particular ride was called The Last Airbender and we were excited about it. So we all positioned ourselves. Now, this was one, this was one of those rides that we had to stay separately. So it, we were all kind of arranged in a circular uh, fashion. We had our backs to the center of the ride and we were all facing outwards. So we were all supposed to strap ourselves in, and then the ride was going to start moving in multiple directions. Initially slowly, and then it became really fast, and it went really high. And you know when you, you're, you're on a ride and it's really high, and it's within a tunnel, you're like, hey! 
But when it's a ride and you're really high and you can see the trees and the humans and the cars from way up high, it's more real. That is what this ride was. So I was on this ride with my children and they were going, yay! And they were having so much fun. I was having fun, but a little bit of fear crept in. And I thought, what if one of the screws got loosened? Imagine where my mind went to. <laughs> that was where my mind went to. What if one of the screws got loosened and the, the chairs went flying? As in, I can't even begin to imagine the, the amount of damage that will be done falling from that height. So while I was screaming in excitement, I was also screaming a little bit in fear. And as soon as we got off, <laughs> I said, oh God, if you save me, <laughs> I will not get on this ride again. That's exactly what was going through my mind. And I decided in that moment of fun that my children were having fun and they were having fun and enjoying themselves, I decided to share that bit of vulnerability. And sometimes when you're having fun, vulnerability is a very good ingredient to add to it. Let them know that you're, you were also afraid. Let them know that you were worried about something. And then they feel that bond with you. It's a memory that they will hold forever. So when I told them, till today, they still remind me, Mommy, remember when we get, got on that ride and you were praying, God, please, if you get me off this ride, I'll serve you forever. And I will never get on this ride again. And I, we would laugh. Even till now, we've not been on the ride for like a while. But even till now, we still laugh about that moment. Because it was made fun, but then I added a little bit of vulnerability into it. So look at whatever it is your children enjoy. Even if it's just lying on the floor, rolling on the, rolling on the grass. My goodness, as simple as that is, do you know that that can be so much fun? You can make it so much fun. And there is this beautiful quote by uh, um, Bennett Shaw, and it says, we do not stop playing because we get old. We get old because we stop playing. In other words, continue to play. Tap into your inner child. We all have our inner child. There is that part of us that knows fun, loves fun. But sometimes, especially when you've been in the corporate world for a long time, where people are going, <clears throat> there's a particular way for you to act. There's things you say in a work environment. There are Things you do not do, you do not laugh, you do not smile, you do not, oh my goodness, what? Are you raising sticks in this place? <laughs> so when you're used to that kind of environment, sometimes your inner child is stifled. This is the moment, especially when you're spending with children, no matter how short the time is or long the time is, tap into that inner child, make it fun, and don't forget to add some vulnerability into it. Okay. Now the third one, which is so much fun. Okay. Because I, I love fun. It has to be fun for me. So the third one I really like as well is to remember that children love stories. Actually, maybe I should rephrase that. Human beings love stories. If I were to tell you, for example, I came on the show and I was talking, I said, okay, all right. So I have a some main points to tell you about how to optimize the time you spend with your children. Number one, focus on quality time rather than quantity. Number two, make it fun. Number three, 
Children love stories, so tell more stories. You're going to find this boring and you're going to tune off. But now I've told you some stories about how uh, <laughs> I started to pray on a ride. God save me. <laughs> you know, and started to, I brought you on a journey in that story. People enjoy hearing stories and your children are not an exception. So tell them stories. Children like to hear, especially how it was in your own time. Our children, most of the time, are born in a different generation than us. Well, that's the hopeful thing. So when your children are born in a different generation and there's been so much change, like it has been in the last how many years, 10, 20, 30 years, you can start to tell your children about the games you used to play and not in the hmm, in the good old days. Oh, no. Now, that way of telling stories is not really a great way because sometimes it can be seen as in, Oh, the good old days. So now is the bad, bad new days, right? <laughs> okay. So let's let, let's add the story and tell the story in a way that is fun as well. Okay. Remember, fun all through. I remember when I was um, <laughs> I'm always telling my children's stories, but I was telling them about something that me and my siblings did when we were younger. And they laughed so hard. And they said, mommy, tell us another one, tell us another one. And I brought up another story and I told them what had happened. And they were so excited and they laughed again. And mommy, tell us another one, tell us another one. But at that point in time, I was like, ah, we've got a lot to do, guys. We need to start tidying up and getting ready. It's, going to, it's about time for us to go to bed. So let's start tidying up. No more stories for today. We'll do it another day. So they now tag back because, of course, I was talking about my siblings and maybe about school as well, but especially my siblings. And they said, Mommy, please tell us the chronicles of uncle. Let us tell us the chronicles of auntie, <laughs> you know, things like that. And it was so beautiful. Even till today, they'll still ask me, What tell, uh, Mommy? Even if it's a repeated story sometimes, they'll be like, The chronicles of uncle. And it's beautiful to be able to share that. You know what? That's um does for your children when you tell stories it broadens their imagination because they were not there you are telling the story they are visualizing it children are good when it comes to seeing things visually uh, in form of dreams or imagination their imagination is wild it's only after they've been told don't do that you're daydreaming blah 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 and all the other things that people do to stifle their creativity, then their imagination starts to cave in. And we do not want that. We want creative children. We want problem solvers. We want the plants who get into a place and say, hmm, how can I make this better? And how do they do that? Story. How do they do that? Expanding their creativity, expanding their imagination. And you can help them by telling them stories. You can even tell them a story about how your day went. <laughs> I was telling my children about how my day went. Now, this was a day I was like so irritated by certain things that happened during the day. And so while I was narrating the story to my children, I, they were laughing so hard <laughs> because, I, because of the way I was saying it. And at the end of the day, they were like, and, and, and I was like, that's the end of the story. <laughs> and they really wanted to hear more. So when you are telling stories, 
it, it's really, really nice because these children, they learn. And they also start to tell you about their own day, about their own life. And guess what? You are building that beautiful relationship with your child. Because the, the best thing one can think of is when you are having a good rapport with your children, that they can tell you pretty much anything. You don't want children that would be confiding in someone else and you are a stranger in their lives. I know many people who are experiencing that and my heart goes out to you because my goodness, I, I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like. So it starts from now. And if maybe you think, oh, my children are teenagers, they don't want to talk to me. So, well, it's too late. It's not too late. Start with that thing I mentioned earlier. Notice what they're interested in. Take an interest in them. There is one of the habits of highly effective people um, the book by Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand. So when you seek first to understand your child, understand what appeals to them, understand what they're interested in, then they will understand you. And then the rapport will be built. Okay. So that's seek first to understand. And then you can then start bringing them into that beautiful relationship, spending quality time and of course, sharing stories and making those fun memories, okay? Now, the fourth thing I'd like to bring is make it regular. Make it a regular thing. So sometimes we might think, oh gosh, I don't have time. I've got this project to do. I've got this work to do. I've got this list to do. And there is that temptation to kind of push things to the um, maybe Christmas time or summer holiday time. That's when we're going to do everything. but it's not about the big things, it's about the smaller fun things, okay? So making it regular is so important. I'll tell you something that happened to me once. There was a day I was going on a conference. I was asked to speak somewhere and um, it was the weekend anyway. So I was like, okay, children, do you want to come along? Um, we're going, I'm going to speak at a conference. And this is something that I thought, oh, maybe they'll say, oh, not again. Oh, ooh, really would like to just sit in the house. Oh, so yeah, I thought they were going to start up. They were like, yes, mommy. And they really enjoy hearing me speak because they are, they are my biggest cheerleaders. So whenever, they are, whenever I'm going for events, whether I'm speaking on a platform in re remotely, online, or um, actually physically speaking in a conference hall, they like to come. So they're like, sure. So they got their bags and got their stuff. So we all did the packing together. And as soon as uh, school ended, off we went, we went on our trip because we're going for the event. And so when, when we were there, I decided to make it fun for them. Remember what we said about making things fun? So, mm we decided to make it an adventure. So what are the things around this area? So we went exploring. We played lots of games because the event I was speaking at was not till the next day. So the, that night, that evening period, even on the train, oh my goodness, it was so much fun. We're having so much fun, really cracking ourselves up, having some movie moments and having some chatty moments and having some games. And it was so beautiful being able to do all that. But what I did from that moment was I started to make it regular. So yes, sometimes I would have this regular 
um, speaking engagements where I go for conferences or summits or workshops. But then I also noticed that even when I did not have the summits or the conferences, if I were to say to them, can we go to this location and just spend some time? They will be so thrilled. So I decided to make it a regular thing. I mean, because I kind of speak regularly, so it was also kind of made regular. So that's another way, integrating my business with my home life and just fusing that together in a very seamless fashion. But if it wasn't that case or that way, I would have still made it regular. Another very simple thing that will, that is also incorporated, something like, I can say, okay, let's have movie night every don't know, Friday, every Saturday, whatever that is for you, whatever works for you, make it movie night. Let them pick a movie and we can all take turns. So we say, oh, whose turn was it last week? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So it's your turn this week. Okay. And who's going to be next week? And you know, we think about it and whatever movie you pick, everybody watches. So it's just, it's just that communal um, living, communal coexistence that is so loving and fun. Okay. So making it regular is so important. So it's not just, oh, once a year at Christmas or, oh, well, Christmas and summer holidays. No, it is spanning through. Okay. These are the memories that one of the movies that we like watching. Uh, we, we, I think we've watched it a few times. I can't remember how many times we've watched it. But anytime we're talking about movie night, maybe someone will just, oh, I want us to watch this movie. And uh, the movie is about, um, human emotions and in that movie and I, I'm, I'm deliberately not saying the title of the movie so that I don't do spoilers alert it talks about how people form core memories in different parts of their lives these are the core memories that are formed and these children will not forget them okay it's the same way maybe something horrible happened to you and a core memory could be found formed from that or something sad happened to you and a core memory could be formed from that it's not bad. It is a core memory. It's a substance that makes you who you are. I am who I am today because of the good, the bad, and the ugly that have happened to me. I am who I am today because of the, the terrible, the fearful, the stressful things that have happened. So every single scar, every single wound, every single sparkle, every single crown is beautiful and has made you who you are today. So cherish it, love it, and share it with your children. I hope this has been useful to you today. I hope you're able to take this. And if you perhaps want to listen again, by all means, please do. And make sure you share this, okay? Please stay connected. It's very important for us to remember that Motherhood is beautiful. We don't do it alone. Come join the club. Let's all unite and say, hey, mama, I see you. You're doing a great job. Come on, mama, you're doing good. Because some days it's tough. Some days you're crying all the time. Some days you're sad. Some days you're so full of energy and some days you feel just broken. But you can turn that around. How? With your thoughts with your actions and with having people that are of a similar value and 
thought process as you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for listening. I am Dr. Duny. Do not forget to join the club. I look forward to seeing you in there. Until next time, I ask that you stay well. Thank you.